Welcome to Salam Nerds Podcast. We do recaps, reviews, and breakdowns of your favorite TV shows and movies. Yo, 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 it's the Salam Nerds. My name is Steve, a.k.a. Watson Geek. I'm here, my boy, Jazz. We are an inclusive podcast that focuses on the voices that are ignored. We are all nerds here. Thank you to all our supporters. Like, comment, share, subscribe, and give us a good review. Yo, 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 salam, nerds. It's your boy, Neves, a.k.a. Watch with Neves. I'm here with my co-host, Jazz, a.k.a. Jazzy Circus. Jazzy Circus? <laughs> you know what? I accept it. Because Let's do it. Andy, oh my god. The man brought it. The man wow. brought it. Right? Oh, that speech. Ooh, ooh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But before we do, we want to introduce our guest. So this is somebody who we found in the comments. So listen, guys, if you are watching our show on YouTube and you're in the comment section and you're throwing out zingers and jokes and comments, we might just bring you on because that's what we did with Pat. Pat, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me here. I am so glad I found you guys through JJ. And yeah. It's been great listening to your podcast and listening to you guys talk. It's been great. It's been awesome, man. I, I remember us doing some uh, call it, videos with JJ and you're just throwing out some fire jokes, some fire oh content. My God. <laughs> just left and right. I was like, oh my God, who is this guy? <laughs> no pressure though, because now you got to do it on the show. You got to bring that same level <laughs> of, of wit on the show. Oh <laughs> uh, man, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a TikTok uh, Star Wars creator. Um, so I go as a screen name, sir. That's my app for TikTok um, at St. Pat Separatist Rebel. Um, cool. And I Separatist Rebel because one, I, I love um, I love uh, Rogue, Rogue One, one of my favorite movies um, stuff. And I'm a, what I call a Separatist apologizer. Because <laughs> I'm a history teacher, and ah. and I got and I got my background in Egyptology instead of engineering. Um, East, and so I, I'm all about uh, disseminating um, political philosophies and political ideologies and powers within society. And so I come up with a thing like, if you if you look at the point of view of just ideology, the separatists were right, but taking out of context that Papalty manipulated everything and was and led all the pressures up to the separatist ideology. Um, that's a whole that's a whole other thing, but within the context of just being a person in Star Wars and you have the Republican separatists, from the, just the political side of view, point of view, the separatists had um were the were the correct um ideology in my point of view. Hmm. Okay. I, I kind of want to go into this. I kind of want to know more. I and then, know. And, yeah, and, please and explain. Then, like, and, and that's why I love Rogue One a lot because um. Separatist uh, Andor has Cassian Andor has loose ties with the Separatists, and he mm. says he's been in this fight since he was um, six, nine years old. And I love that because the majority, if you look at a political landscape of this, uh, the Galactic Civil War, the Imperial um, area of control and Imperial forces and Imperial uh, majority is the core worlds. Everyone else. Is the outer rim, and that's where do the where do the separatists 
have holds. The separatist worlds were the outer rim. Right, were, right. Um, and they were, um, oh, sorry, train of thought. Okay. So, and their huge chunk of the rebellion are worlds that were separatist worlds. And they got folded into the rebellion because it's the same fight. It's the exact same mm-hmm. thing that they're, they uh, they just they saw the empire as when it was still the Galactic Republic, right? And right. So, and they're saying that this is where it's going, so we're getting out of here because it's harming our people. So that's where we're going to do. So they left, um, from from the political, just the political perspective, um, taking out the context of. The Sith and the Dark Side and Palpatine. Um, so who are some famous Separatist characters that we know of? Well, uh, Cassian has a, um, a, a tie-in, and then in the show they mentioned a Separatist leader when you right. saw, when Luthen was talking with Sa. Um, so that's the big one. We don't really have Krieger, Krieger in, right? Yeah, Krieger. We don't have we don't have that solid connection. Between the, the the formation, the end of the separatists and the formation of the rebellion, and this is why I'm loving this show because you're getting those little tie-ins. Like the separatists, they still exist because mm-hmm. after the Clone Wars ended, uh, the um, Imperials went on a war a, 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 a war of reconquest, mm. Recon- reconquesting and bringing all the uh, separatist worlds, trying to bring all the separatist worlds back in fold, and we see that. In uh, the Bad Batch season one, where we go to Raxus, which was the capital planet. Oh, that's right. Uh, we do. Uh, of the Separatist uh, uh, Alliance. Um, so it, it's and it's and it's also interesting if you think it because all these mid rim um, and outer rim territories, uh, planets that were part of the Republic were planets that had been colonized in previous centuries by inner worlds. And so they're, they're, they're alien species or uh, uh, barren planets that were, were settled um, by things and then emitted into the Republic that way. And through- oh, wow. That's, that's a lot of stuff right there. Wow. Okay. All right. I, I'm going to go have to watch Bad Batch again. And I'm hope hopefully we get to see more of Krieger because I feel like that's coming up. So I'm really excited well, to see him. I feel like Krieger, we're not, I don't think we're going to uh, see Krieger because... Luthien is um, offering him up to the sacrifice. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we still might get a glimpse of him. But uh, let's start this show off with the bang because this show just started off with crazy. We see... um, we see Andy Serkis' character, and he is still a little hesitant, and he's still, like, processing, like, what happened, and he's like, fuck it. We're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing it live. And, like, uh, like... He kind of like agrees in the last episode, but like he's like, okay, I'll help. But then he's also like, no, we got to do this now. Like it's tomorrow. It's like there's no time to waste. And that's where we get this like sense of doom and there's like a time limit, which kind of makes like the stakes higher, which I thought was really, really cool. And uh, then we get the prison break. Uh, Jazz, what are your thoughts about the prison break? Oof. So, what I love about this show is we know what's going to happen with Rogue One. Right. And we know how it's all eventually going to lead to uh, Cassian and this one of the guy here, like how they're going to become uh, rebel allies. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing them go from just being in prison to becoming rebel leaders eventually. Like this show is showing us the beauty of how a rebellion can start and how it's, you know, to quote Cassie and, you know, rebellions are built on hope, right? Right. Uh, you see them build this whole thing up here with this prison break. I mean, it's just beautiful. Like this episode should get an Emmy, quite frankly. <laughs> I, I I agree. I agree. It, it was oh, yeah. it, it gave me some Michael Schofield vibes when he's out there with the plumbing and bringing mm-hmm. the water. I thought that was really cool. Um, it was definitely exciting. Uh, what about you, Pat? Oh, I love Andy Circuit's and cast uh, character and uh, Cassian's Andor's uh, chemistry and the relationship that they have had through this like mini arc within the episodes because they go from being like he's this high like. Uh, figure authority figure within the the level, and Cassian is just trying to keep his head down away from him. To like, they're got they're coming becoming like acquaintances, and now Cassian is being his right hand man and helping him lead a prison yeah. break. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and like, and it's so great because, like, Cassian is the one that's giving his character the hope, right, to break out and, and the fire to break out. And like, and we've known that like, Cassian's had this plan since like Starforming since he got in. Yeah, and yeah. He's, he's been he's been working at that pipe. He's figured out um, how to short circuit the system. For, but like, he knows he can't be the face, or he, he I... trusts himself to be the face. So he goes with the guy, the level, the guy who's already has the authority and the and the respect of leadership on the on the level. Yeah. And this is a, a callback to Rogue One as well, where I believe. It was Jane Ursa who also said, uh, you know, rebellions are built on hope. Yeah. And so you see both Cassian and, sorry, sorry, not Cassian, uh, uh, Andy Serkis' character and Jane Ursa, mm-hmm. both like uh, call back to, you know, right, what Cassian was saying. And so it's like, it's a really cool way they're tying all this together. It's It's really interesting because we definitely get to see uh Cassian Andor's character right like he in the beginning he doesn't care about anybody he doesn't have hope he doesn't have anything right and then mm-hmm. he gets with uh the people of Aldani and then he gets like this glimmer of hope and what could happen and then he actually learns to uh act as a team because he's always solo he's doing everything by himself and then we see him become part of a team and he uses all of that stuff in the prison break how to be a team how to do his like ingenuity but also how to inspire people, right? And he really got that from working together in his little uh, little team that he had. And I thought it was really cool the way that brought together. And then we see Andy Serkis' speech. Bro, this is one of the best speeches in Star of Wars. Of all time. And like, let's just forget so Star Wars. Oh, ever. My, my favorite part of that speech is that any, anytime like, he didn't know what to say, he would look over at Cassian and Cassian mm-hmm. would give him a nod of encouragement. Like, you can do this. Just keep going. You do this no, all the you, time. You know what I love about that? Usually people just give off a great speech off the top of the dome. Andy Serkis starts off a little rough, and then he goes like, is that the best you got? Give me more. Like, I've never seen that done in an inspir- inspirational speech. It's usually like they're inspirational all the way through. In this yeah. one, he w- it was more realistic. It was like he tried, and he coun't do enough of it, and then he got encouragement from Andor, and then he's like, found the words right mm-hmm. um it was beautiful man oh god i love that and this is emotion so like facial expressions in that speech like 
just staring at him. First, he's like kind of nervous, and then he just flips to his anger, like, "Yo, they killed a hundred of us!" Like, yes, like you could feel the emotion, like it's outstanding performance here. And, and I love it because, like, the first thing you hear him say, like, "I'm almost out," and then he goes in that thing, like, "We're never getting out of here." No, yeah. he's like, this is our best shot, right? And like when he says it, people really believe him. But like the way the camera zooms on his face, though, like you can see like every flinch in mm-hmm. his like freaking like I like that guy does like you know, every wrinkle in his forehead is like there with like purpose. It's like so wild how good his facial expressions are. And that's, that was that's, amazing. That's been probably my favorite thing about the cinematography of the show, is that it's not like these wide cinematic shots yeah it's these personal up close and it's like you're standing right right next to him with cassian yeah um, and then like my favorite thing also when we go into the control room is like because you always hear the the controller voice has been this robotics thing but yeah. just being a guy behind a dub mic yeah, yeah right like <laughs> it's, that's it's not his real guy. voice it's just anybody it's my he's just my it's, it's it's just a, it's just a scrawny white guy behind a, a modularized like 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 it's like you see on these social medias it's like yeah that's really funny and the other thing is like the way he gave up his homie so fast they oh i don't control the water generation but he does (laughs) he gave up the the, the, uh the guy in charge is like don't give up don't give up anything and and the guys just look at each other you're like no we're being shot at no yeah and then we see like the other soldiers like hiding in a corner they're really scared <laughs> it was really interesting to see and i thought it's, that was really really cool uh, my favorite thing is about like because they give you the guards can project so much confidence and security right handling the presidents when they bring when we see them and then as soon as as that the the floor the one thing keeping them in power is gone they right. use all sense of security and they cower so quick it was hilarious like every good. single guard was like oh wait a second it's 49 on 12 yep yep and and, and andy circus's <laughs> captain america speech didn't help because they were like oh crap now he's got everyone riled up right like the moment that one guy just put his feet on the ground he trusted him he's like oh oh so oh this is happening and then oh. every rebel immediately knew it was like, no, well, like now let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like just, just, just go, all of us, let's go. This is one of my favorite prison breaks of like mm-hmm. in. Oh, in, in lo- go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say like as a TV trope, like whenever they do prison breaks and stuff, I, like, this is one of my top ten, like easily. Easily. I love the design of the prison too. Yeah, it's like one of the best prison designs ever because it takes, it takes like so. Um, I can't remember the name of the prison, but you see it almost in every like this uh, dystopian or authoritarian design because it is more like it's very it's sense of controlling where prisoners are on the outside, um, and then the people and, and then the guards are in the inside so they can see everything. But the way it's like the the prisoners are are only connected by these main art these tiny archways. And walkways mm-hmm. to to the and so it's like it's more controlled than just the guards seeing them it's the controlling how they move about yeah 
the other thing is this i didn't know that the prison was like in the middle of like the ocean i had no idea i didn't know that's where it was oh i and think they showed a sh like a, a shot of that when they first they, got I, there yeah i must have forgotten i must have forgotten that they were on an island because like I had no idea. And that shot of them leaving as you can see them swimming and then it pulls up and you can see like they're like, oh, they're escaped from like three sides. You're like, oh, that's such a beautiful I, shot. I have I have expected a Star Wars Jaws to come up at at, at the prisoners at least, <laughs> as they start swimming. It's like they're starting to swimming Donna. and it's like yeah. But listen, listen, let's let's get to the sad part. Let's get to the sad part. Because when when they turn to Andy Circus and he goes, I can't swim. Yo, my heart dropped. My heart just dropped. I like, wanted to cry, man. <laughs> and and the fact that like they pushed him over, he couldn't even help him. He's like, like you know, you can't swim. Let me grab him and like help him. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a lifeguard, but like, I'm sure like somebody could have helped him. Like somebody oh, yeah. could have done it. You know, I I mean, I'm I was a boy scout, so I was saved in. I, I one of my mayor badges was life saving, and so he yeah, he he could have he uh, if if Cassian jumped with him. Or been able to um, pick him out as he jumped. He would have been able to swim with him to shore. I think so. System, or like yep. get two or three guys to be like right next to them. You know, like just doggy paddle and like you know you'll get there. You'll get there. And especially like since that. he was the one who's telling people not to leave anyone behind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh man, it was sad. Uh, I, he did say that he was like, "Listen, if somebody falls down, pick them up, help each other." Right. Uh, and then he was the one that got left behind, which which we don't know though. Maybe I, he's got to survive. Well, like, I I don't I saw a tweet. I don't know. I I have to go back and see the source, but it looked like one of the writers or someone said he. We don't see him actually die. We don't. Oh, we okay, don't actually see him yeah. die. Okay. So yeah. so is he dead? Of course we not. don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that scene really did make me cry because like when you're listening to that speech and how inspirational it is, and how he says like you know there's only one way out yeah and then he like he knows he can't swim at that moment like he knows he can't swim in that speech it just made it hit so much more like yeah swimming is a life skill everybody should learn it and like oh, yeah. and muslim people especially muslim people do not know how to swim especially Facts, muslim, I don't women. Know how to swim. muslim women especially right because they, there's not a safe place for them to learn how to swim so listen yeah. do yourself a favor to learn to swim it could save your life Mm -hmm. I, I know how to float. I took a couple swimming classes back in the day. I do not know how to swim. I learned to swim from polar bears. I was watching the Discovery Channel. I'm like, these fat motherfuckers can do it. I can do it. <laughs> if you if you can float, you can swim. It's just you, yeah. you don't you don't have to have a perfect technique. You just you keep yeah. your head above water. So, It'll take me yeah. a minute to like figure out how to kick my legs and eventually start like slowly moving. But that's enough to survive, which is good enough for me. <laughs> yeah no doggy way. paddling is easy that's super easy you're basically just crawling in water and if you keep your head above water like you'll get there slowly but you'll get there eventually yeah mm -hmm. yeah all right all right all right so enough about life-saving techniques um let's talk about you know what i want to talk about real quick before we get into the big stuff i want to talk about how uh mothma was in the nego negotiating about this little bank situation and this guy comes up and he's like, no, I, I don't want your money. And she's like, well, I don't really want to owe you a favor. And she's like, no, no, I just want to be invited back with my eligible son. 
I did not see that coming. That came out of nowhere. This is like Bro, a Hollywood movie now. Yanti right there. Like this is this is a Rista shit. This is wild. I was like, when did this happen? <laughs> this show gives you everything. <laughs> it does. It does. And I love that so much. It's... Oh man. So, uh-huh. so basically she's from this culture that they, where they do like arranged marriages because apparently her husband and her have mm-hmm. some kind of arranged marriage too because you can see they like respect each other but they don't really love each other is what it feels like and for every episode they've been hyping up like her daughter like for some reason they keep showing her daughter they keep showing the relationship it's, it's a little like fragile um and you don't know why and now you see this and you're like oh now it all comes together now we know why they kept showing the daughter now they know why they kept showing her relationship with her being a little conflicted and now she has to decide if she wants to do this for her daughter or risk being found out and the money not being laundered all that stuff um jazz what are your thoughts i mean it's a tough place for a politician like like (laughs) it's like i mean uh, like oh this this hits close to home because like my family's almost in a situation like this mm-hmm. like my mom was you know she did have an arranged marriage and it was between uh her initial suitors were like three guys but they were like close to my grandpa mm-hmm. and then he because my grandpa knew he was gonna like cause a fight with everybody he married her he married my mom off to my dad mm-hmm. and he was just, like the random guy from you know from malaria and i was like how did this happen? Well, that's what it was. It was like a situation like that, right? But then now I'm seeing this, and I'm like, oh my god, the politics of this. This is this is real. Like this is close to my home. Like I've never seen a portrayal like this on TV. This is cool. I, I never thought I would see a Rista on Star Wars. That just came out of nowhere, bro. Right? Like, like it's, yeah. it's really close to home there. Yeah. See, yeah. Uh, like I see the my thing about it is like he kept he um. Uh, the uh broke uh the, the the criminal underworld guy kept talking about the affluence of it like he mm. kept saying that this is we do this is a tradition because of our status right and and so i just it, it gave us an insight into chenjin um chenjin culture that i didn't know we would get because mm-hmm. we we got the little blurb that she was married off at 16 Mm-hmm. um yep. one author herself i'm like okay um but now like we know that it's specifically because she has a certain status and her family has a certain status within mm-hmm. chen society and so like it's a, just another thing like mon mothma we never see what she has to sacrifice mm-hmm. in any of the star wars movies and now we're seeing that she has this whole system and, and and family that she has yeah. to decide what is more important her values yeah. or her family yeah yeah no that's true and and we see that like a lot of her money is tied up in like this family money that she has but the old full the money that she's laundering she is using her influence her riches everything for this rebellion mm-hmm. and you can now she has come to the point where like she has sacrificed so much and now she may even have to sacrifice her daughter, which is huge, bro. That's huge. That's just to go you like how important this rebellion was and how many sacrifices were required to make this rebellion happen. It's not just like one family having a, like a discussion. It's not the Skywalkers right. and the Solos, right? It's like 
the real people had to make a lot of sacrifices to make this rebellion happen. And I'm glad we get to see that. It's really cool. It's, it's kind of great because it feels like the Skywalkers just blundered into everything now. Yes. Yes. Like yes. they just like they just stumbled and, and, and like it's of like like I can like cause the mess, but like every other Skywalker just kind of just bumbled out on with in the waves that impacted and they just happened to be where the force needed them to be yeah yeah exactly there's too much plot armor with them but with this with this right like uh, how delicate the balance is right if one thing here went wrong we wouldn't have any of star wars like no everything hinges on every action in this show and it's so fascinating to see how they're making it all work yeah yeah uh speaking of like sacrifices man a sacrifice that I didn't know was happening was homeboy Lonnie out here making My the sacrifices. God, we learned about him and I fell in love with him. And then I felt so bad for him in the same, like in the same breath, yo, in the same breath. I was just See, like, I, uh, <laughs> the way they're characterizing the ISB is my favorite thing about this show because ISB, when you see it in any other media it just feels like a security force they're just there they're just walking out we know you know that it's there are some um ss type um organization but you don't really feel it mm-hmm. because they're just they're in the shadows or they're just on the side and they come in to give um plot uh, motivations and stuff especially in, in thrawn mm-hmm. but like now you're seeing just how much they're interweaved into everything. Yeah. And what is what is what's with fascists and trench coats? Because yeah, it's a vibe. They, it's a vibe. They, they're always wearing trench coats. Yeah. <laughs> like, trench coats just look so official, and, bro. Yeah, it's like it's because when you walk in wearing the trench coat, I'm like, oh, something is gonna happen. Something <laughs> was happening. And and there's all watching that monitor. And they're so attentive and fixated yeah. on, it, on everything. And then, then we get this turncoat or the spy with inside the ISB, which is supposed to be independent. It is the security, um, the, the secret service of it. it they're supposed to be t- uh, um, seal proof. And then Luthien got someone inside. Yeah, it, it's really interesting because you really get to learn about how the grooming of it worked, right? Like, they got him in there, they groomed him, they set him up for this position, but they also sacrificed a lot of intel to mm-hmm. get him where he is. That means, like, this whole time, Luton's been, like, doing these little spy runs, but also betraying his own people just to get this guy higher up the ranks. Like, they've been feeding this guy information so he can tell on them, so he can go up the ranks, and Luthen's just been like sacrificing his own people over and over again in these little small things. And now he's going to do it again to Krieger. And I'm just yep. like, we really find out that like Luthen is like in his own right, a villain. Like he's crazy. He's, he's this is, like, this is the Turing project all over again. This is Machiavellian, right? Like this is yeah, wild. Yeah. It, like I remember the Turing project, um, how, uh, the allies did figure out the code for the axis, especially because like they knew that the first sentence was the same every time. But then they had to always let you know them get away with sometimes killing their own people just so they don't tip off that they know everything. 
Right. Like, this was a really cool callback to that. I mean, Star Wars is based on a lot of history. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, this is just fascinating to see how Luthen has to play this role here. It's so wild, right? And, like, a lot of it is making me think, like, you know, this is how, like, terrorists think in the world right and that's just like their mindset and they're just like i don't care how many people we got to kill we have this mission and we got to do it the rebels are essentially getting closer and closer to being like terrorists in this show and like i'm glad that they're showing that it's it, it makes it less clear cut it makes it more like um i don't know it's just like uh complex and complicated yeah no because like in rogue run when cassian says i've done terrible things in the name of the rebellion you're like at first you're like how the rebellion's a good thing. How can they do terrible things? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, and we know Saw is an anarchist, so yeah, so that makes sense. What he does, what he does, but like, how can the rebellion? But now, now we see it, and I'm, and it's like, I Luthien has become my favorite character of the show besides Cass. Cass yeah, for sure. But like it's, the acting, bro. His acting when he stood there and goes like, "What have I sacrificed?" everything and then he just like lists all these things like yo like i know andy circus did an amazing job but like to get two performances like that in one show like what is this you thought you thought uh andy circus performance is good hold up just hold my beer let me show you like (laughs) hold my blue milk (laughs) hold my blue milk right yeah like let's go i it felt like luthan was like i'm a huge um musical fan and i my one of my favorite musical is les mis Mm-hmm. I felt like Luthien was Javert. Yep. When he's doing his soliloquies. And oh, his soliloquy was amazing. Where he goes like, what do you think? But he goes like, calm, kindness, kingship, love, my inner peace. I was like, no shit, bro. Keep going, bro. Keep going. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. I want to read off some of these comments. He goes like, um, I have wiped my mind of a sunless place. Like, that is a beautiful quote. That is a beautiful line. Um, I'm damned for what I do. I yearn to be a savior uh, of injustice, uh, a savior for injustice, but without contemplating the cost. Like he knows all his flaws. He's like, I accepted it, man. I accepted it a long time ago. I am damned for this. I'm going to hell, but mm-hmm. I, we need to do this. There, there's no other stuff. And then he says like, um, he is not going to be able to see the the sunrise. Like he burnt I, I burned my life for a sunrise I'll never know. That is another amazing line. That's, Beautiful. that's my favorite that's my favorite oh. line in this whole show. Especially and I, since oh. And I was gonna say one more one more line, one more line I have to go up before uh, I'll, I'll give it to you guys. Uh the tools of my enemies is what I have to use to defeat them. Bro. Yeah. Oof. He has to go Woo! to the dark side. Bro, so good. So good, yeah. man. Oh, man. Pat, what were you saying? Oh, because, so the sunset, the sunrise is my favorite thing because if you watch Rogue One, again, I love the connections to Rogue One. I know, it's such a good Oh, thing. my God, I just saw you're right. The sunrise, yes. Yeah, the, the, uh, the, the uh, blast from um, the Death Star on Scarif forces a sunset type mm-hmm. background as as Cassian and Jin are kneeling there, and Cassian never sees us the sunrise of what Luthien set him on, the path Luthien set him on. Ooh. 
Ooh. I know it's so emotionally charged. Like <laughs> even now, I'm getting goosebumps by this whole sequence. Like Yo, it's so beautiful. It was so beautiful. That was so well written. That was so well acted. Like it's one thing to just have like a scene well written. Another one to be well written and well acted. Like, mm, and the music. Kiss. The, the music, music yes. cinematography, just everything. The cinematography, about the show. lighting, it was so good. Like, you oh. really felt like, no, let this poor guy live his life. But then you're like, no, he kind of needs to stay. <laughs> like, I, I, I kind of see your point. Like, and this guy's just feeling trapped. He wants to go live with his wife and his daughter. Oh, like, like, the rebel spy. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. my God. Like, so, like, so powerful. Like, I kind of see Luthen's point. And the reason I feel for Luthen so much is because we already have seen the destination. We know it works, mm-hmm. right? So, like, like honestly, I don't know if I would be on his side if I didn't know. I'd be like, yo, you're, you're doing too much for something that, that might not happen. But we know it happens. And we know it happens because of all these sacrifices that he made, which yep. makes this show so complicated and complex, but so beautiful at the same time. Asking the hard and, questions of your morality and, and, here. And I love it because it really drives um, George Lucas' original message with, with the original trilogy. Because it was all about uh, the Viet Cong in the U.S. Right. Like, mm-hmm. And which is really the worst thing. And I, I'm reading, I have a book that I'm reading called Ho Chi Minh and um, the CI, um, OSS, which was the CIA's predecessor. It, mm-hmm. for, it, it's what, it was, it's what turned into uh the uh cia after world war ii and so the oss was america's cia and the first, uh, and we went in during world war ii and set up ho chi minh's um Viet Cong. we trained them we gave them because mm-hmm. they were they were trying to fight for their rights fight for their democracy um for dem- democratic freedom from colonizers the french Right, and also the Japanese who all who colonized on top of the French colonizing, mm-hmm. um, and so it's a whole whole complicated uh, ethics and moral section there with the Viet Cong, and so then the, so when it comes time for democratic elections, the U.S. says no, we're canceling them because you guys are coming, you guys go a different um, route of democratic thinking than we like. Even though technically, the Democratic Party is a little more corrupt than what Ho Chi Minh's party was forming, and so yeah, so because just because uh, we they're labeled on um, they are labeled as communists, the Viet Cong is painted throughout all American history as being villains and evil, and yep. they're deep they're demonized mm. when they're when when they're just fighting, they're doing whatever it takes, like Luthen to fight for their their home yeah for sure i don't know man this this episode it this show one of the things that i really like about the show is that it's not one of those shows that just give you like action after action it, it leads up to it it makes you earn it right and like ever since like the uh uh aldani uh what you call it heist it's just been upping the game every episode just gets better and better and upping the heights and the stakes and it's just really really good and i was like last episode i thought it was amazing and i was like there's no way they're gonna top that 
<laughs> I watched this episode. I'm like, whoa! This is they amazing. talked like three times separately. <laughs> There's so many times where I'm like, they're not gonna top this episode, and they keep doing it. Like, yeah. it's just so good. It, it makes me so excited for the finale of the season. I know two more episodes. <laughs> I feel like the finale is gonna have a huge cliffhanger, which is gonna leave us a little bit unsatisfied. And because, mm-hmm. but but it's gonna make us yearn for season two a lot more. I think it's gonna be the right cliffhanger. Yeah. We're like we are somewhat satisfied, but we want more after that because mm. season two is not coming out till twenty twenty four. So, oh, then they got to give us something satisfying because this right, like they're not going to leave us on something unsatisfying for two years. It's going <laughs> to be satisfying end, but also more. Yeah, leave us on red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, it's it's hard to top these episodes because they're so good, but this is definitely no, no. one of I- the best Star Wars content out there. It's probably I'm the convinced. best. I'm convinced each episode is just going to top up the previous one all the way through now. There's oh, two I mean, left. There's only two left, right? For the season, yes. And I think they're still going to be amazing. Just They're just going to keep one-upping every episode behind it. Because I'm excited now because now Cassian has a partner for everything mm-hmm. he does because that fellow prisoner that was on his group yeah, is in the rebellion. isn't he? Him. And and now we get to see that they have a relationship and this and, and like all my all all my mutuals and all the people I know who are watching this show have been saying that we're 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 giving um side characters throughout Star Wars and now they're doing what the books have always in this show what the books have always done is they're giving relationships and they're giving backgrounds yes. to these characters and so now when we see I can't remember I I can't remember the character's name I have to look up the name now if yeah if um. But like I don't remember the name, but I, I know he was in Rogue One, and I know like he's going to he's he we see him escaping with Andor at the very end, and I, I'm happy I'm, I'm I'm excited to see because Andor is definitely a like hey I'm solo kind of guy he's like hey I need you guys help to break out of jail but after that you're on your own right I don't think that's gonna happen I think him and this guy are going to become best buds and we're oh, gonna get yeah. to see that and then i'm gonna rewatch rogue one and be so sad when i see them because he, he's on scarif with andrew he follows him all the way to scarif mm-hmm. oh till the end of the line man i'm with you till the end of the line that's some captain america shit right there man oh so good so good all right before we go is there any last things you want to see anything else we didn't cover on this episode any theories any anything else I don't know what's next because it, it it didn't leave us. Like I don't know where they end up. I don't know what happens. I'm kind of like like last episode. I'm like, okay, my theory is they're gonna break out of jail. They're gonna do this, or Andy Serkis is gonna be with them. Um, after this episode, I feel like we need a new plot line for Andor, like because Luthen well, stuff is still going on, uh, Mothma stuff is still going on. But does uh, Andor go back to his mama? Go to they, his keep, they keep showing us Ferrix, and and it's a quick sequence that we go back to ferrix in this episode and yeah. one of one of the um community members talking to either a stormtrooper or a, a imperial officer talking about marva and her pills yeah yeah we saw she's that sick. she's yeah. sick sick marva marva's going to do something big because i, I don't sure think, yeah. i don't think i don't think she's frail she doesn't know She's planning something. She's got some ideas. I'm excited to see what's next. Um, but th- that's the end of our episode. Pat, thank you so much for joining us, man. We had a great time. Hope to see you more in the comments. You're Definitely. always putting some great comments and some great jokes. Um, Jazz, anything you want to say before we go? 
Man, I'm just like fascinated. Like he's a history teacher. Like Pat is a history teacher, right? Yeah. And then he, he's explaining all these connections. Like, yeah, we gotta bring this guy back on at some point. Like, this is cool. I I, I love the history aspect of it. I love yeah. the politics of it. It's really really cool. Pat, thank you for joining us. Uh, let people know Blast. where they can find you. So, uh, on this tag on the screen is my TikTok handle. I do a whole variety of contract. I have um, art series. I'm a, I do graphic arts um, on the side. So I, I've been doing Star Wars inspired uh, TikTok creators art where I take people who do Star Wars content and put them into art uh, themed after Star Wars. I do a bunch of cosplays. I um, throughout the whole House of Dragon thing, I have a Damien Targaryen um, cosplay nope. there. I'm currently making Blackfire uh, to go, uh, not Blackfire, uh, uh, Dark Sister to go along oh, with. So, it. I got it. Okay. Yeah, and um, then I do um, just I have a series where I um try and build up, where I pretend to be an ISP agent, um, and it's just a daily grind. <laughs> That's fascinating. Well, while everything is going on, it's just it's just it's just him doing it. That's so funny. <laughs> All right, man. I have to check that out. That sounds really good. Well, thanks again um, for joining us. For the audio users, uh, that username is st.pat, St. Pat, underscore separatist rebel, all spelled out. And yeah. I'm also on Twitter. I'm trying to grow my following there on Twitter. And that's uh, St. Pat, uh, S-T-P-A-T, uh, no space, um, underscore of stars. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. And guys, uh, until next time, salam, nerds. Peace.